This episode of the Durian Pod is brought to you by Hexclad, official cookware partner of TDP. Coming up next on the Durian Pod. You guys have insurance, right? Yeah, but like if I take <laughs> off like Natalie Portman's head, the insurance yeah. isn't going to fix yeah. that. Yeah. It's not what I've done. It's not who I directed. It's not like whatever. I've seen people in Hollywood where their identity gets tied into their success in their career, and, and that only leads to problems. Cheers. 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 on. What's up, everyone? My name is David. And I'm Jasper. Behind the camera, we have a wonderful Heidi. Hi. And this is the Durian Pod. This is the show where we showcase our friends who have fought against societal standards but still made it to the top. I'm excited for our guest today. He is Same the thing. face of Glambot, which has been shaking up the red carpets. He's a fellow coffee snob, entrepreneur of his own brand called Coffee Calion, self-made director, uh, working with the likes of Pink and Katy Perry, and uh, also renowned brands like Disney and Mercedes. So let's give a warm welcome to Cole Walliser. Hey, <laughs> What's up, thanks so dude? much for thank, thank for you for having me. Welcome, Super Cole. excited Appreciate to be here. This is fantastic. You uh, ready to ready to eat? Very uh, much so. And like you know, drink, eat, drink, chat, all of the things. Uh, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having me. And we yeah, wanted man. to treat you extra special just because you're a friend, and also we wanted to kind of bring out a double fisting thing on a Monday. Uh, we have this Shiva's Regal that was gifted to me during the second year anniversary of Rosin, which is over a year ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, it was a gift. It's a, it's a Japanese in style whiskey, but it's actually not Japanese whiskey. So I hope that we can try this and see what we think. Let's yeah? give it a go. Shall we? Let's try it. Cheers. Cheers again. Hope Cheers. I make it to Cheers, Heidi. Cheers. <laughs> oh, it smells. Mm. This smells amazing. Yeah. Mm. The notes on that. I'm going to have to re-up on that. Oh, yeah. You can tell there's, it doesn't have an age, right? But you can tell there's old whiskey in here. Mm. It has like that complex like richness to it. It definitely does. Like 30-year-olds hold, but it doesn't say. And it doesn't have that uh, bite that normally punches you in the face. Mm. That's a bit of like the old whiskey thing. Yeah. I found. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Tasted a number of whiskeys in my life. Cole, as uh, how we welcome you to the show, it's just like what we do at Roslyn is Mm -hmm. we serve in a mousse-bouche. It's always something that's very bright, something that's fun. Usually I love sashimi and... No, I know you like that seafood. So tonight we're going to bring it over. I'm going to go prepare it. I'll be right back. Love it. Can't wait. Let's go. In honor of uh, what we're doing at Roslyn is our three-year anniversary is Series X. We've gone through nine series, three years, and we're basically bringing back all the flavors that we played in every series. This one takes an element of the yuzu marmalade ponzu that we actually introduced in Series 2. And that was over two years ago, two mm-hmm. and a half years. Uh, we have uh, fresh yuzu that is made into a marmalade jam. We make ponzu from scratch using do- uh, some dashi and some soy sauce. And then to bring some elements from Series 6, which is Cantonese. Um, you know, I'm a Canto boy, so I took my mom's XO recipe that was passed down for generations, and we modernized it with some uh, actually caramelized hoisin. So it's oh, a little wow. sweeter mm-hmm. and a little spicier, too, because I wanted that extra flavor. You have those fresh chives to bring it all around and some fluffy chilies mm. to make it even more fun for textures in your mouth. Mm. Uh, keep in mind the little shrimp and the base scallop pieces are very salty, so you don't necessarily have to eat them. They're just really beautiful there. But uh, please, Wait, which it. parts are salty? The uh, the nice little chunks that you see on top of the scallop, mm. they're going to be packed with flavor. So it's all like an umami bomb. Okay, love it. Yeah, but umami um, bomb. yeah, welcome to the show, and hopefully you enjoy this first bite. So, oh, I, I I'm sure I will. All right, let's get into it. Let's go. First meal of the day. Yeah, Real. these are Hokkaido scallops. So, kotate. Oh wow. It's really good. Thank you. 
Yeah. Well, Paul, kind of to start things off, I remember, and, and this is kind of why my menu tonight is very seafood focused, mm-hmm. is just um, when we first met, it was at Roslyn, yep. at the Supper Club. It was a, yep. um, a mutual friend's birthday. And the first thing you said to me was, you were looking at my fish tank mm-hmm. and you said, when are we going to talk about this fish tank? <laughs> yep. And I knew Indeed. that from then on out, we immediately become friends because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of reefers in our community that mm-hmm. are kind of decently cool. Yeah, it's the other, it's the other hobby <laughs> amongst many. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we can talk about, we can talk about fish tanks. Uh, I probably started my first one in 2008, but I recently set one up in my new place and it's been going for like a year now. I've seen it it's and great. it's huge. It's a, it's a six foot peninsula or something like that, right? Yeah, five. five? It's huge. 200 gallons. It's pretty big. Yeah. 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 Go big or go home. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. When did you realize you have this beautiful hair? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I don't think I realized it was quote unquote beautiful uh, until I grew it out. It's beautiful, no? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've learned to make it beautiful over the years. And uh, the reason I asked that is like, where where did it come from? I don't know, actually. Oh. Uh, so, well, because so I'm, I'm half Chinese and Swiss German. Uh, okay. Um, you know, obviously didn't come from the Chinese side. Yes. Uh, and even my dad, like, uh, you know, he says that he had curly hair when he was younger, but he doesn't have curly hair now. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of a bit of a mystery. We don't really, we don't really know. It's just sort of a little unique being like sort of presenting Asian E is, is I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can tell there's some kind of Asian mix. It's kind of unique. But right. every once in a while I'll run into like an Asian that has curly hair and I'm like, yeah. oh yeah. You kind of point, you kind of like nod at each other. Oh yeah, we go and talk to each other for sure. <laughs> it's like three or four of my lifetime. You know what I mean? That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good segue to kind of go into your upbringing, um, your roots. So I know your mom is, is the Asian one. Mm-hmm. And then your father is probably um, German, like Swiss, Swiss, Swiss German, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, what was the expectation of kind of raising you, or like, like where you, where were you supposed to be as far as like, you know, high school, college, things like that? There is obviously this consensus of like, you know, Asian parents putting high pressure on the kids to like perform or like achieve certain things. And obviously, my mom and my dad wanted me to succeed and do well. I, I didn't really feel the the pressure of like. Or you got to like get certain grades or like do certain things or have certain academic like successes. They obviously tried to have me do well and perform well in school, but there wasn't like an extra amount of pressure. I feel like mm-hmm. it was very westernized, sort of like okay. my, my upbringing, upbringing tonally, you know, right. um, they wanted me to be happy. They wanted me to like do well. Um, they didn't want me to like be a failure, obviously, but there wasn't like this, oh, you got to be a doctor. You got to be a lawyer. You got to, you have to, you have to go to post-secondary. You have to do a master's degree, you know? Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, you should probably go to school and like do well. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But I was always very much into like alternative things. Like I, I grew up playing sports. Like I played soccer and I played baseball. Um, but I was very much into skateboarding and into like snowboarding. And even at a young age, like I got good at skateboarding and I was sponsored oh. when I was like, I got sponsored for snowboarding when I was 12. Oh, wow. wow. And then skateboarding, I was sponsored from like 13 to like 18. I used to compete and like do a bunch of, I just, I would skate a ton. And I think that actually had, it was like a pivotal thing for me mm-hmm. because, and, and I think a, a large part of like why I ended up pursuing, well, very large part directly on why I ended up pursuing filmmaking, but also like indirectly the lessons that I learned in skateboarding. Um, the direct part is I started with a camera in my hands filming skateboarding parts, right? So like me and my friends would film each other skateboarding. I had a camera. People would tend to hand me the camera often to be like, oh, Cole, you know how to shoot good stuff. Like Mm. you film, you film. So Mm. I sort of like really enjoyed figuring out how to move a camera, how to like affect things. If I, 
if they do this trick, if I move the camera like this, what happens? If I move like that, what happens? I was very interested in that early on and I learned how to edit like back in the day. Um, but the indirect lesson was like me finding success kind of like outside of the school system, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, where I have like, a, you know, I'm sponsored, I'm making videos, I'm competing, I'm getting- Who's the sponsors, you allowed to say? Sponsored by Skechers. Skechers? Are they still paying you? No, not oh, anymore. Okay, no. we, we gotta cut that out. No. Uh, so, were you also on uh, Tony Hawk? No, I was, I was never a character <laughs> on Tony Hawk. Unfortunately, the game. Yeah, the game. I yeah. played a lot of that growing up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everybody did. You could probably create him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give us some long curly hair. Um, definitely. So, so yeah. But the thing that like I, I, I kind of the valuable lesson that I think I took with me to California when I moved was like this idea of like okay, I can find success in, in like an unorthodox path. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like the vast majority of everybody's like, okay, like your athletics, you're doing your academics and like you can succeed in those things and get recognition. And I chose this out of like this weird left field thing mm -hmm. with respect to like mainstream, especially like back then, like right. mainstream sort of media. And I, and I was able to like get recognition, find success in this thing. And I think that that at least gave me the confidence to go like, oh, if I try this weird thing like filmmaking as a profession, maybe I can figure out how to do it because I of see. like what I learned in skateboarding, you know? That's crazy. Were your parents like supportive of that journey though? Cause I think that's something that I think for David and myself or even Heidi is kind of going against that. And I think you mentioned like, you know, growing up, your parents were kind of more Westernized in that sense. You know? <laughs> I mean, skateboarding, it was like, I was a kid, okay. you know what I mean? It's like, I'm in school, I'm still doing my grades. Like I think if I was doing really poorly in school, they'd be like, you need to stop skateboarding and start focusing on school. But like, I was doing fine. I think they encouraged me to do better. Yeah. I did fine. I mean, I got into college, you know what I mean? Right. And then, and so I was just skating. So I think it was like, it was good. I, I really got to the point where I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm good at skateboarding. And I'm like, am I gonna, is this gonna be everything that I do? Am I gonna go try to really turn pro and like really compete around the world? Or am I not, am I gonna go to school and like do that? Mm. And I felt like I was really good at skateboarding, but I wasn't like the best, you know what I mean? And I felt yeah. like, okay, if I, if I make this everything, like I'm like, I know a couple other skaters that are better than me that are like my age. So like, what am I, I'm going to always be second, third, fourth to them. Yeah. So like, I, I kind of made the call like, okay, I love this. This is great. And I've been doing it to the point where it was like, okay, you got to go to this competition. You got to compete. You got to, you know, and yeah. it became a little, not so much like a job, but there was definitely pressure. And, yeah. and it kind of like, I was just kind of like, okay, like I want to just try something new. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I was like, all right, I didn't tell myself I was going to stop skateboarding, but I w did tell myself, okay, you're going to go to school. So I went to university of British Columbia and I started studying. I ended up getting a degree in psychology and, but this like filmmaking thing kind of always followed me. I was like, Oh, I really like making things. I like creating things. And when I was in college, that's when I bought a good camera. I bought a Mac computer. Mm -hmm. and I learned how to like start editing and shooting things. Yeah. And so that's when my focus really changed into that. Um, and my mom did have, have reservations with me when I was like, okay, I want to move to LA Yeah. and like do film. I'm sure. You know? Yeah. It's like pretty scary. I told her the I mean? day I graduated, I was like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to Were you dwelling on this for a while or was it just kind of like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, so I can't remember exact, I can't remember exactly when I bought the camera, but I remember I was in my third year and that's when I realized that I wanted to like actually give it a shot. But I was like, okay, I'm in my third year. Like I might as well graduate because I knew too. I was like, I was like, I'm better. If I have a degree and like filmmaking doesn't work out, like at least I have a degree. And if I leave on my third year and I don't finish, like I'm not coming back to school. So like, and I wasn't really ready to like, I didn't view myself as like an auteur where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go make a, the next crazy movie or whatever. I was like, I'm learning. I like it. 
I want to try. So, but I, I can still learn as I'm like graduating. So mm. I decided to finish school. And so that whole, like that whole end of third year, fourth year, I knew I wanted to do it, but it wasn't necessarily clear that I wanted to, I needed to be in LA. Um, and then, so I, when I, I kind of, like I just real, I realized it as I was learning and doing stuff. Mm. And then when I, and, and then a part of me finishing too, like I knew my mom wanted me to graduate. So I kind of was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll at least finish. And then when I finished, it was clear to me that I was like, oh, I need to be in LA. I so then I, I, after my graduation ceremony, we're having lunch. I was like, mom, I'm going to move to LA. She's <laughs> like, like, see ya. Right? Uh, you slap? You I slap? think she was just kind of like shocked. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember actually how the conversation continued after that. but. That's fair. But you definitely, she'll, oh. she'll remember that for sure. No, she knocked you out. That's why you don't remember. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just kidding, just exactly. Um, so I do want to say that 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 jump you did from you know your hometown to Los Angeles, that's well anywhere to a new city is scary, right? Yeah. So yeah. in that process, you know, to get to the the success you are now, like, do you have a story where you can recall where you just you know to add on top of like um, that struggle where you just like fucking like failed? No, but you just answered a question I had is whether we can curse on this podcast. So. <laughs> yes. So that was helpful. Yes, this is an explicit but, podcast. Okay. <laughs> I was like, should I ask? Am I going to let it go? You're only limited to five. And, oh. and, she, and Heidi is actually doing the tallies. Okay. But okay. Yeah. I'm gonna so I'm, I'm down to uh, gonna go four left. I have five because I'm, I'm the host. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> so I, I'll copy that. I'll, I'll keep track. <laughs> I didn't know um, you had that privilege. Uh, failures in LA. I mean, I think that like every, just, just every your, day, your, my in friend. Journey, in your journey. <laughs> um, in my journey? That, that you kind of recall, you're like, wow, this, this really hurts or this really like profound. Or made you maybe even go want to go back to Vancouver. Okay. So. Moving to LA from Canada is a little different than moving here from the Bay or from another state. Because I'm not allowed to be here. I have to get a visa. I have to get mm. a lawyer. So I have to, I had to save money and like spend thousands of dollars just to show up here. So I think it's a lot different when you're like, okay, I'm going to like save up a bit and like try LA. And the people are here for like six months and they're like, eh, it's not working. And they go back home. Mm. Eight months. I, I recommend everybody moving to LA. You have to be here at least a year to like see how it is because it just takes that long to meet people and like network and like do that whole thing. I think it's very different now actually with social. It's like you can meet a lot oh, yeah. of people before even you can build your career in any city, at least a career in entertainment. Um, so it's a little different now, but uh, yeah, I, I was committed to three years. So I kind of like, I committed to this idea that like, if I fail, it's not going to be because of me. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to do everything that I can, I can to not get in my own way. I was like, look, if nobody hires me, if nobody likes me, if nobody wants to like help me, that's fine, but I'm not going to get in my own way. So I tried my best to like, just, you know, you see it all the time, like people not self-sabotage, but like just get in their own way of like their own success because like you're scared to put your work out there. You're scared to, to go out and just be vulnerable in your art or your pursuit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you can't control whether or not anybody opens a door for you, but like you can control that aspect. So I was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to let that happen. Yeah. But to answer your question, I mean, eating ramen for a month straight, not having money, dreading asking my family for money was definitely like a moment where I was like, hmm, is this going to work out? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I basically came with like, I, like the attitude of like, I am not failing. Like I am not going home. Like wow. the worst outcome is me like going back to Vancouver with my tail between my legs. You know what I mean? Right. And so I also like, which I, which I didn't mention yet, is that like when I stopped skateboarding, I started dancing. I started like breaking. And so I, I was breaking a ton. I started teaching like dance, breakdancing, b-boying in Vancouver. 
I started DJing. So I was like very much into like these artistic avenues. I started DJing like at my campus university. And so when I moved to LA, I was like, I knew how to edit. So I'd do jobs editing. I knew how to dance. So I do little gigs performing and I could DJ. So I was like DJing little gigs. If one or two of those things weren't popping off, one was. There was no editing jobs, no dancing jobs. I was DJing. Mm-hmm. There's no DJing jobs, no dancing jobs. I was editing. I see. And I, and I saw my friends who were like predominantly just dancers. I, when I first moved to LA, I was very much just in the dance world. And um, they would go dry with work because there's like no dance jobs. Mm. And like I was always thankful. I, I think a part of how I found my path was just being like trying to do as many jobs as I could with the skill set that I had. The, and I think that was the, the Fresh only, Prince effect. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the only way. That was the only way that I feel like I survived. But, it, but I very much was like, I mean, I did that by design because I was like, I'm not gonna fail. Yeah, you know what I mean. Damn. Well, I wish I was that skilled. Wait, what you, I was gonna <laughs> say, I feel like that's exactly no, no, what no. That's exactly what you're doing right now. No, so but I didn't. I didn't like have like most of my eggs in, in those things. You know, like because I'm just like kind of dabbling and, and like this guy right here. He doesn't talk about it. Like he's a pharmacist. He DJs as well, mm-hmm. and he's a beverage director, and he makes cocktails. Yeah. So, like, you got to give yourself a little more credit here. <laughs> like, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, but, but this is the thing, and I think a You're lot right. of people a lot of people have a bunch of interests, you know what I mean? But this is the thing. It's like, this is what happens. It's like people kind of DJ at home, and they're like, like oh, you should get jobs. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, I'm not yeah. good enough. And like, fuck it, one. Uh, just go out. <laughs> just go out. And like, and, and do it, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. like you figure it out. I, I, the other thing that I think like really helped me too is that I always looked at it like, this is what I'm dedicating sort of my life to, this pursuit of like this artistic ad- adventure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was very much in it for the long game. So like, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make a video. I'm gonna put it out. It's not gonna be that good, but like the next one's gonna be better. And the next one's gonna be better. Yeah. Like a lot of people get focused on like making things, especially with content now too. It's like, it has to be perfect, it has to be good, but it's just like, I think that point is even more salient where it's like, not like later you're going to do a video, but like tomorrow you're going to do another mm. video. It's going to get better and better and better. So I was always like, I'm in it for the long haul. And if it, if today's not great, tomorrow will be better. And, and I'll just keep making videos until I'm as good as I can get, you know? Yeah. Wow. And I still, that's still going on today. It's like, I'm still getting better. I'm still doing stuff. I'm still figuring out how to be more effective in my artistic endeavors. And that's a thing that, that never stops. Can yeah. I ask a question mm-hmm. for that? Like doing something every day, is that something that you feel like is more motivation or is it like process? Like what have you set up to allow yourself process. to it's all process. do it every day? It's all process. Mm-hmm. I never want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all, it's all process. Um, especially with like, I mean, the thing that I'm trying to do now is like, write. You know what I mean? Like writing when you're in the flow, it, it's, it feels good and it's great, but you're in the flow 10% of the time, mm-hmm. 5% of the time, mm-hmm. 95% of the time you're sitting your ass down and you're like grinding it out. Like for, I'm like, I'm not getting up off out of this chair. And sometimes you do. And sometimes you sit there and you stare at it. You know what I mean? But I think that motivation, like the idea that like artistic people, people that are successful in the arts are like super motivated and they like sit at the computer and they're happy to like write. It's like, this is not the reality at all. Yeah, it's like they hate all. their lives. And like <laughs> there, there is this drive to like be successful in this artistic thing. But like, it is a grind by and large. And it's all about process. It's all about sitting down and doing the work. I look at it so much more like it's work than it's like, oh, I feel motivated today and I'm going to go write. Like that's a fantasy. Sometimes it happens and it's great. You know, you ride, ride that way for as long as you can. But by and large, it's just like, it's, it's, you're fighting procrastination and all sorts of other things. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. yeah. Being creative is so hard too, mm-hmm. right? Cause you can't just turn it on and be like, Hey, I'm going to be creative right now. Yeah. Right? But, but this is the thing that process helps, right? Like the number of times I sit down 
and I go like, okay, I'm going to write for like an hour and like, do not want to do it. Not in the right headspace. Looking at the pages and being like, oh, this is literally the worst thing I can imagine. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, like, it, like that mode happens frequently. And I'm like, all right, like read for 15, like read what you wrote for 15 minutes and like just fix punctuation. Like, don't mm. worry about being creative. Don't worry about like writing anything. Don't worry about adding the next scene or whatever. Just like reread what you wrote. And like, just like, if you have an idea, just, just fix it up. Mm. Yeah. So I'll start there and I'll start reading. And then it's like, as you get into it, like by the time that 50 minutes is done, I'm like more in the mode. I'm like, oh, I have one idea. Like, oh, okay, like I'll do this little thing. I'll do that. And I'm like, oh, like maybe this other thing. And, and, and if the inspiration doesn't come by then, it's like, just keep proofreading stuff. And maybe it takes 45 minutes to like get in the zone, but like you eventually get in the zone and then you eventually get in the flow and then you eventually get inspired. Mm. Inspiration is like the last thing. Mm. It's like process, work, and then inspiration. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every once in a while, inspiration comes first, but that's rare. And if yeah. you rely on that, you're going to fail. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Speaking of inspiration, do you want to show us some of your inspiration? <laughs> what a great <laughs> wait, segue. <laughs> wait, what, what inspiration? AKA edible inspiration? Oh, you're talking about my inspiration? Yes, your inspiration. Enjoy. I was going to say, when it comes to cooking, inspiration is actually probably the most difficult part. Hmm. You have to really look at what like other people are doing to really go, what's different? Hmm. Sure. And, and I think that's one of the things I love about the, the cooking process, mm -hmm. right? Is back in the day, I used to just be a consumer, mm -hmm. just go out and eat. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, this is really tasty. But now it's more so like, wow, this chef discovered this particular element or implementing like, you know, shrimp paste or fish sauce or whatever else in a way that I haven't seen. I think that's a perfect segue actually to our favorite dish, which is basically the entree. Yum. Okay. And the entree is always something substantial. I'm super stoked for you to try this because it's a little fresh, but it's meaty. Uh, I know I promised a lot of seafood, but this is something that we've been dry aging for a while and I can't wait to show you. Ooh, yeah. can't wait. Cool. I'll be right back. Love Thanks, it. Jasper. This one is uh, like a, I think the epitome of what Series X is about. We're showcasing like really beautiful meats and everything that we do at Roslyn. We took something from Series 8, which is the Nam Jim salad. So mm -hmm. there's actually freshly picked mint. We have fresh passion fruit. Ooh. And Nam Jim is that Thai style sauce that has a little bit of fish sauce, a little bit of Thai chilies. So it's bright, it's vibrant. We finish it with the Fly by Jing chili oil now. And so that's something that's really cool. We saw it on Hot Ones and they sent it over and we're like, hey, let's try it with it. Oh, amazing. So you're gonna have all the flavors. The lamb itself is New Zealand lamb and we actually dry age it in-house in our fridge for about seven days to get all the flavor out. So a lot of umami wow. on there. So okay. um, recommend just picking it up like a lollipop, dipping in the sauce and then eating it with the mint as it kind of breaks down that flavor. And hopefully you guys love this. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. This oh looks gosh. amazing. Also, we need refills because it goes well with whiskey. Yes, this is definitely this is definitely a whiskey, whiskey dish whiskey because thing? the uh, yes, please, thank you because the lamb has been uh, charred using the flamethrower, so you get Ooh. all that extra flavor with there. Ooh. So hopefully it's good. Touch the meats. Touch wow. the meats. There you go. <laughs> and then make sure to eat some uh, mint immediately after to get all okay. the flavor. Oh wow. Mmm. Oh wow. That char. Mm. Mm. Spectacular. So with the entree, it's always about like just something that's substantial. Mm. I figured we're all starving to death, so that's why there's three lollipops. So take your time eating this. Mm -hmm. It's totally okay. <laughs> Is that what they're called? Lollipops? Yeah, lamb lollipops. Mm. Mm. So Cole, you've worked with so many brands, so many people. Um, kind of the more I looked into it, I was like, damn, like this, this the list goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. um, and you've done it in so many different avenues as well, like music videos, commercials, like just kind of like, um, what is it, promotional things. It's like, at what point were you like, holy shit, I can, I can, 
I can keep doing this. I can do this. Because, you know, you, you feel like in the beginning, you're like, oh, I get a couple of lucky gigs and they may be one-offs, maybe not. But then at some point, you're like, I don't think these are one-offs. I think it's just me. I'm the one-off. I mean, I don't know if I go that far, but <laughs> but I do feel like I've reached a certain point of either stability or sustainability yeah. in, in, my, in my career. Which, which gig was that? That you were like... I, I mean... There, there was no single gig, but I also will tell you that I still have feelings that it can all evaporate tomorrow and I'll never mm. work again. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't think that that fear is rational, but it's like, it's still here. Yeah. In my mind, I'm always like, okay, I'll move to Hawaii. I'll open a coffee shop. Like this is, <laughs> this is like what I'm going to do. I like that. Like, like North shore, make a little coffee shop. Um, if I never work again in the entertainment industry, I'll, that's, that's where you'll find me. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- way late, you know what I mean? Like, I've always been fortunate and like feel really lucky for all of the work that I've been able to do. Um, but I always think that like, it's, I always feel like someone you know, like nobody's going to call, you know what I mean? Mm. It's just always in my head. And so I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. Cause I think it like can help motivate you, but it also can like stress you out a lot. Yeah. Um, and I still feel it right now, even as we're like in one of the breaks, just sort of <laughs> saying it's like a bit of a slow period. Like, I don't know if it's the strike that's going on or just sort of like, the season or things are structuring, but it's a bit of a downtime for me, which, which I, I currently do appreciate. And this is a part of the reason why I've been focusing so much on like writing and developing right now. But in my mind, I'm like, is someone going to call? Am I like, am I going to get another job at some point? Yeah. I'm sure I will. But like, but it still, you still have that feeling of like, well, maybe like, is it going to be next week? Is it going to be next year? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, hopefully it's not next year, but who knows, you know? Right. So yeah. I, I don't know if there's, there definitely wasn't an inflection point where that went away. Though there was a, there was a point where like I had done a bunch of music videos for like Katy Perry and Pink. I'd done a bunch of like Cover Girl and like Revlon and like beauty stuff, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of like I looked back like five years and I was like oh, I've been working for like five years consistently mm-hmm. and at oftentimes being busy. I was just kind of like I think I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think this is this is a career now. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, but that was like many many years in you know what i mean right right so there wasn't just like what about in the early stages where you felt like i got in you know you know how you struggled to get that opportunity and then what yeah, was yeah. the what was that point honestly the the first time i felt like i got in was two years ago when i signed with caa and entertainment 360 because these mm. are like established companies that now represent me and for the longest time, I just felt like I was on the outside, like working, yep. but like I wasn't like in, mm-hmm. you know, I was like getting, I was like picking off these jobs here and there that were cool and like with cool artists, but they weren't like, it wasn't like from the inside, you know what I mean? And even now it's like, like, it's not like I feel like, oh, I'm like super in the mix, but just having these reps that are like, when I moved to LA, it's like, you know, William Morris, ICM, CAA, mm-hmm. uh, Endeavor, uh, it's like, I'll always want to sign with one of these big companies, but I also didn't want to like knock down doors. So I just let it organically happen. It took 15 years, but you know, now I'm like, I'm super happy with my reps and I feel like, okay, now at least I'm, I'm on the inside from a representation standpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Cause obviously like I'm, it's like, I'm directing a video for like Katy Perry. This is like good. <laughs> and I'm like that's on the big. inside, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but you know, I don't know. I maybe, I, yeah, I don't know if it's a problem to maybe not. We, we touched on this a second ago where it's like, uh, is this, it, it potentially is a problem that you're not giving yourself the right recognition, but at the same time, it also can like motivate you to be like, I got to keep working. I got to like mm. keep hustling. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. I see. Yeah. It's, 
I guess like collectively, it sounds like you were just so busy just doing so many different things that you didn't really like maybe have a chance to kind of look back and be like, whoa, I did all that. Because then it, it's like a whole list. And then you're like, I'm, I, I'm actually legit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that never goes away. Like, you never think you're legit. You know? <laughs> well, let me show you the list. It's right here. No, yeah. no I know. I, I understand, like, the, the list of credits, right? But it's like, you never feel, I, I, I yeah. think that, like, that's it, a hard thing to just be like, it's a, it's a thing that I actually fight against. I definitely try to not identify my worth and or personality with my work. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I pride myself on being a good person that's kind that like can sit down and have a nice conversation with people. And like when I'm present with other people, it's like, that's the most important thing. It's not what I've done. It's not who I directed. It's not like whatever. And I think that I've seen people in Hollywood where their identity gets tied into their success in their career. And, and that only leads to problems, you know? And so I've actively tried to keep those things separate. Mm. Uh, so I try not to identify with like all the work and like, I, I, it, it almost is like problematic. Cause I like forget what I've done. Like I've looked at my resume, it's like, oh yeah, like, you're, I did all this stuff. you're being <laughs> way weird. too humble, man. You're here for a reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, like look, here at this table. No, I know, I know, I've done a bunch of stuff, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I haven't. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, um, I, I just try to. That's not like the most important thing. Even sure. though my career is like the most important thing, it's not a defining thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I'd rather it, yeah, just be. There's my body of work. Like you can look at it. Sure. But I mean, it does. It doesn't matter when I when we're having a conversation, unless we're obviously talking about that, which we are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I, I got to ask you a question because this is something that I struggle with as well uh -huh. is I think when I started cooking, I finally found like a passion or a purpose, you know, for, for 10 plus years of my life, I was in tech or finance mm -hmm. and it just was kind of the path that I was chose. Like I just chose it because it was like, okay, this makes sense. Yep. But then I realized I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And so when I actually got into cooking, I think I dove too deep into it to mm -hmm. the point where the career became the identity. Sure. Yeah. And I've had, you know, commentary from friends and even people I've dated where it's like, what is the other side? Because being one dimensional in many senses, like if you're all I do is cook and all I do is talk about food. Mm -hmm. That's very one D. Mm -hmm. Shout mm -hmm. out to One Direction. I miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Zane. <laughs> but um, in, in all aspects, like I'm very curious, like how you've been able to kind of separate that, because then your character is truly the genuine nice guy that I've met who has his hobbies that snowboards that have love has fish tanks that enjoys his time like in the outdoors and is able to do everything you love but you also still have this incredible career that you've backed yeah especially just to add, piggyback especially in like the world of hollywood um you know influencers like it's you it's easy to get just like caught up and lost and then you forget you know you forget about like you have director cole and then you have cole yeah 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 um I mean, I, I, I will say, I, I do think that there's great value in becoming fully immersed in a topic and or skill where literally you put everything else in your life aside and you focus in and you deep dive. I think that is a necessary part of finding success in any freelance type endeavor, like being a chef or a content creator or director or whatever. Um, so there is value to that. And I think that everybody needs to do that at some point, but that is not a sustainable practice. And people go years in that world and then and then you have to, uh, you know, you either burn out or you realize what you're doing. You got to take a step back. Yeah. It, it's a I think it's a thing that you actively have to you actively have to do, because if you don't, especially because of your it sounds like your mode has been like deep dive, especially as this like is a relatively new passion for how old you are. You know what I mean? Uh, 
it's like this is a small part of your life and you want to learn as much as you can and you want to be as as successful as you can. So the way to do it is to spend your every waking moment focusing on it, which is good. But then you have to, you just act like to get out of it requires effort now because that's your default mode, right? Mm. Wake up, learn about cooking, talk about cooking, eat, drink, share, all good stuff. But like to do something else, you have to try now because that's what your life is, right? Mm. And so at some point you're going to realize you're like, you're going to, you're going to want to, or realize that there are things that are not as effective or as optimized as you might like, be it free time relationships, other things that, that quantify having like a good life uh, or a balanced life. And you'll go, okay, like I got to do something about this. Um, And it can be small, you know, it could be, it could be as easy as being like Tuesday nights. I am not cooking and not like you're deciding what you're doing. I'm not cooking. I'm not talking about cooking. I'm not watching cooking videos. I'm just doing some other thing. Yeah. And you're like, that's my time to do some other stuff. Like eating. Sure. (laughs) But like, but like not in a way, not in a, in a cooking analysis type way. You know what I mean? I think that's so ingrained into me though. Like I was literally on a date recently and literally we're breaking down how to make the the spaghetti at Scarpetta. Like I'm tasting all the elements and I didn't mean to do it. Right. I was just like, Oh, like she was just showing me like, Oh, this is like what she loves about. This is such Mm -hmm. a great pasta dish. I'm going like, okay, so there's egg in there that makes it balance. Okay. The little bit of pot of the basil was like roasted before with the garlic. And, and she's just like, can you just stop for a sec? And I'm like, Oh yeah. And then it clicks away. And I think that's one thing I'm very grateful for is like my friends and, and people who have cared about me go, there's the separation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Cause I, I think I've been too much. So the guy who just, uh, what, what's that saying? You like, you live to eat versus mm-hmm. eat to live mm-hmm. I'm very much like the live to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're absolutely right. I, I think one of the things that's been very helpful is like creating a separation of hobbies. Like Tuesdays are actually my day where okay. I don't do Roslyn related things. Yeah. yeah Tomorrow yeah. is like a day of golfing and yeah. going go-kart racing. Love it. You know? And yeah. that's like, intriguing for me and being mm-hmm. able to uh for example go swim like mm-hmm. that's my day mm-hmm. uh but i wish i could do more of it and i, yeah, I think yeah. like you said it's it all comes down to this being so early because it's only been three years for me cooking yeah. now and it's been 15 years for you doing this yeah year right. three me making videos i was not doing anything else <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. i was just learning how to shoot and edit grinding and just trying yeah just grinding mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and it's like many years of that where you're like okay i gotta take a break now you know what i mean yeah. so but it's like i think that i think the benefit is like the balance is very much a more part of the conversation now, you know, like even five, eight years ago, it's like, it was even, yeah, five or less. I think like after the pandemic, we started really having the mental health conversation mm-hmm. and that being an accepted topic, you know, five years ago, it was like sleep when you're dead, like grind, like hustle. Like I <laughs> oh, wake yeah. up at 4 a.m. and it's like, <laughs> okay, like. Especially so, like the, 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 the years that we grew up, cause I'm 39. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was, it was very much so like, like grind, 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 you know, like you're, you're not going to make it until you grind that hard. But now it's like you need, you need that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's super important. And I, and I, and I don't think that anybody is going to end up being less successful because we're having conversations about mental health and balance in your life. I think that maybe at worst it will take you a bit more time, but you're going to be happy, happier doing it. And you're going to be able to sustain it for your entire life. Mm. Whereas like, the the uh, the rate of burnout is way lower, you know, because I yeah. think we're having this conversation. I mean, people obviously still get burnt out and become obsessed with their pursuits, but I just think that because we're talking about how that affects you and like how you can balance it better, that tends to be uh, less frequent. I think. I see. Nice. Thank I you. That. That's yeah. That's so helpful. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm always happy to share. I mean, you know, I, I, as you mentioned, I've been doing it for a long time and there's been periods where I'm fully immersed and there's been periods where my fourth one completely fucked off from like all my career. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it's like, it's really just about finding the right balance. Nice. But it requires effort. Like it's not going to happen unless, a you need to you need to want to do it, right? Like you might not want to stop talking about the spaghetti and like how it's made, you, right? You're just like, this is what I care about right now, which is fine, which is fine, right? Yeah. And and it's like if you're not ready to leave your immersion in this world, yeah. don't. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if this is all you want to think about and all you want to do, like keep doing that. Don't stop because you're like I should have balance. Like stop because you're like. Mm. you need balance you know what i mean not like mm. you're like maybe it's better mm. maybe it is but maybe you want to do this for another year another six months another week whatever it is right um but i think it is good to like monitor it you know and if you care to not then don't but if you don't care like keep keep doing it you know <laughs> i think there's that balance right yeah. like it's just when you dive deep into something for so long and i think that's where we've had so much success with Rosalind too is just like I keep trying to find different avenues and it is that schedule you talked about. It's literally like YouTube university, like mm -hmm. watching different videos, following different chefs, going to visit chefs, going to their restaurants, exploring, like it's all these little elements. And then I realized like, wait a second, like it's not just commentary that I've gotten from friends or, or people have dated. It's like, I realized that my burnout rate was happening to the point where it was like every three weeks I felt yeah. exhausted. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I felt like there was just nothing. Like I was just like, why am I, I feel like I'm waking up at like 10 going, this is not how I feel. But now yeah. that the hobbies have come in place, yeah. I still wake up at 630. Yeah. And it feels great. Tell the, tell the listeners uh, or the viewers, I should say, what Glambot is. I oh, mentioned Glambot in the beginning. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell us what it is and actually, uh, more importantly, what it means to you. Uh, okay. So Glambot is a way of shooting talent on red carpets. Typically, the biggest award shows, Oscars, Grammys, Golden Globes, Emmys. Uh, it's a high-speed slow-motion camera rig, and we shoot these sort of visual portrait videos of talent. I, I direct the videos of, of talent, and um, I started making behind-the-scenes content of this. I got this job as a director. Like, you've done dance stuff, because this thing is, involves movement. You've done a bunch of beauty stuff, which I'd shot CoverGirl and Rowan and whatever, and you've worked with, like, A-list talent, uh, which is sort of a thing. Like, you have to be able to not freak out when, like, Ariana Grande walks up. Uh, so th those are the three requirements that they wanted in a director. I checked all those boxes. And so I got this job as a director. The first few I did, this was 2016 when I first started, I, I would show up. I'd set all the cameras. I'd do all the things. I would direct it. I'd have the videos at the end and I'd go home. And that was like it. This is a job, directing, directing these things. Mm -hmm. um, then obviously content started taking over. And I was like, okay, cool. This is like, I had, I had a, uh, the producer kind of film, film a couple clips um behind the scenes i mean the story goes it's a very roundabout this is a long story on what this glam bot is uh but the story <laughs> the story goes i was uh i think it was 2017 maybe it was 2018 i was at the oscars jackie chan was coming I'm like oh, a huge jackie chan yeah. fan and so i was like i wanted to get a picture with him right so i gave my phone to the producer and i was like look if it feels right i'm gonna ask for a picture and i just want you to be like ready so like have the camera open like ready so it's just like one second and like we can do it so he comes i direct him for the glam bot we shoot a glam bot uh, he's kind of in a rush, and so it just didn't feel right, and I didn't it's ask for a picture. He just, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rush hour mode, for sure. <laughs> so he, you know, he left. I didn't ask for a picture. Um, I was kind of bummed, but then the producer was like, oh, I got these clips of, like, mm. you. I recorded a video of, like, she's like, I took some pictures, like, you talking to him. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's like yeah. me giving him direction. That's really cool. 
And then she's like, I took a couple videos of like you giving him direction and like even the moment that like he did the action. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then when I went home that night, I like watched that video and then I watched the final thing. And um, early on, I think it was like, I don't even think you could do videos on Instagram. It was, I put it on Twitter and it was oh, like, wow. t- you know how you could do like multiple media? So the first was like a behind the scenes clip and you could like swipe over and then watch the final clip. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is kind of cool to see the before and after. When I realized that, I was like, oh, let me try to like start filming these things. And I started bringing cameras and I started bringing mics. And so now the thing that I'm known for is actually, it is the directing part yeah. of the content, which is me, you know, meeting the talent, giving them a direction, us together, figuring out like what they should do and then them doing it. And then the behind the scene, the, sorry, the slow-mo video at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing that has sort of skyrocketed my career into the public eye mm. um, and has opened up a ton of new doors for me in, in my career. So, yeah, it's that signature, like you greeting them with your warm heart and then yeah, they yeah. go like, oh, I'm so excited to meet you, Cole. And then it's like, what do you want to do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's just so fun because like I always I always wait for the part where stand right there because because like, <laughs> you have that yeah. kind of positioning of like they're yeah. like they want to twirl. They want to move. Yeah. And so, yeah, that makes this. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And Jackie Chan was your your first one then technically. Uh, Did you yeah, ever yeah, make I, one? I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm per- I, I'm not entirely sure if I published that one. I probably did. This is a long time ago now. But yeah, that was definitely the first one where I realized like, oh, it's sort of a behind the scenes thing. Uh, and then the final product is like is cool. And I think and I feel like that coincided with this idea of like pro- showing process on social media. Because I think for a long time, when when we first started becoming sort of obsessed with social, it was very much like wish fulfillment and like glamorizing the perfect life. It was like mm-hmm. influencers on the perfect vacation, like looking gorgeous over in like some cool view. Um, and that was like the world that we were like idolizing. And then at some point, we started just l- appreciating either sort of like looking behind the glass or like mm-hmm. peeling back the onions and like understanding process a little bit more. And I think my content really coincided with that shift in what we were appreciating on social. Mm -hmm. And that also, I think, helped skyrocket my career. Yeah. Wow. I think what's really special about the Glambot is, um, like you said, it's behind the scenes where, you know, we watch Michael Bay movies. There's explosions every five minutes, right? But we're just kind of like looking at the screen like this. Mm -hmm. But then when you have a behind the scenes moment with like maybe an actor or how they executed this like CG scene. Then the audience is like, Oh, Oh, that's crazy. You know? And so like, you know, the very last, uh, what do you call it? Carousel thing is the, the slow-mo. Slow-mo's mm-hmm. cool. Like, Oh, that's cool. But then yeah. what's really attractive is like the interaction between you and that, and that, you know, yeah. person. And so. I, I never knew, I never thought that that would be a part of the appeal. Yeah. I always was like, I thought it, like when I first started making the content, it was just like, okay, some cool celebrity doing some cool thing. And like, you kind of see how it's made. And I always thought that people would, are just wanting to see the celebrity. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I started like, people would comment of like, oh, I love watching you interact with them. And I was like, oh, I guess that is a part of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and it's really shifted how I, it, it's, it's shifted my career because now people view me as like a host. And now I do, I, I am a yeah. host. I've hosted a TV show. I've hosted content i've hosted a bunch of stuff um but this is sort of a an indirect benefit of like sharing this content you know that's so cool Mm -hmm. i think a lot of it comes down to you know i used to work in marketing too is when you create anticipation Mm -hmm. and the process creates that yeah so i'm just waiting they're going like 
what's it going to be? What are they yeah. going to do? Yeah. Like, how's he going to interact with them? And then it happens and you see the final product and you feel that fulfillment. Yeah. And like, that's, I think that's why it's been so successful. It, it's yeah. sort of just by chance that this content is sort of the perfect formula for social media, right? Because you instantly kind of know something's going to happen and you have to wait to the last frame to watch it. You know what I mean? Like there's already an inherent hook. It's like, you see me with the hair helps. You know what I mean? We're on the red carpet. <laughs> We know at this point we know what it is. Also, your your style, your swag. Oh, yeah, you got swag, really, dog. Really I swear. Yeah. You swear. Every I time I see that. your face, I'm like, damn. Yeah. I've definitely been trying to up the fashion because I'm known for shooting fashion, right? Yeah. So I'm like, this is a lane. I mean, I enjoy like expressing myself, and I, and I just think that it's really cool that you can do different stuff and represent yourself differently. So yeah. I do enjoy the creation of like fashion and that expression. And I'm like known for doing fashion stuff. So I'm like, it makes sense. So I've been putting a little bit more effort into that. So I appreciate, I appreciate you. Always that. fly, dude. Always fly. I was expecting you to come in a suit today. Uh, I mean, I could have. I didn't know this was the, the directive. I definitely could have. I'm just saying. No, you look, you look um, great now. It's like a it's you know, casual, casual yeah, yeah. chic. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah, want to say chic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, been, it's been great. And it's been really, my career has really taken off since my social platforms has grown. Awesome. Have grown and it's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. I do want to add that um, you are heavy have like you are heavy uh a part of why it's successful because you're like an actual cool dude you know like you you show this humanistic side where you're like oh like that's a dope guy like i want to like have a beer with him you know like if you were just kind of like the, the typical not typical i don't want to say that because i'm not in that space but if you were just kind of like a like all business hollywood director they wouldn't have those videos aren't the same it's kind of yeah. like okay well i'd rather see the slow-mo then yeah i mean i think that there's like it's a bit of a misconception, but I do think that it has some validity to it where it's like, you have this like asshole director that's like yelling stuff out and like, you do this, you do that. And it's like high tension. And it's like, this is this creative genius that like knows what is best. And they're just like barking orders at people. This is like how yeah. directors have been portrayed. And I do think that people have actually subscribed to that belief and like built their careers on that. Like I've worked on sets I shot a behind the scenes for a long time on different things. And like directors were assholes, you know what I yeah. mean? And they were successful and like you, just, you couldn't do anything about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that like it breaks the mold a little bit where you see this person who's being friendly and kind and, and, yeah. and even a, that is my demeanor, but B, I, I also think that it actually helps the content. You know what I mean? Like, because it's so, it's so quick what we're doing and it actually is dangerous. Like it, the robot moves super fast. And if you get hit in the head, it's like, it could knock you out. It could seriously injure you. Guys you guys have insurance, right? Yeah. But like, if I take <laughs> off like Natalie Portman's head, like oh this God. is not, the insurance yeah. isn't going to fix yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> the cover or an inquiry. escape route. You know, yeah, just yeah, exactly. the fence. So, so knock on wood on that. Um, <laughs> but you know, so it's like the more comfortable they feel, the better, the more organic that the shot's going to be. It's just going to work out better for everybody. So, and, and I admit that, like, I don't know what's best. Like, I don't know what you should do. This is a thing that we need to figure out together. Mm -hmm. And so the more personable I can be and the more at ease they feel, yeah. I think it really helps my end goal and my end product, right? Um, and, and, and now it just, like, it's cool because people recognize it and they sort of know and they're like, oh, I practiced this or I know this or I saw your content. <laughs> it makes my job, it's, my job's gotten easier now because, like, yeah. they know what it is and they know what to do and they've thought of it. So yeah, for sure, it helps. So looking back in your journey, what's a specific piece of advice that you hold close to you that you were willing to share to uh, other aspiring people that are in the director space um, that you're willing to kind of leak out, if you will? Well, it, it was public advice, and I don't even know if I remember it exactly, but 
It was Conan O'Brien on his last Tonight Show? Late sh- Tonight Show. The Tonight Show. The was Conan this- O'Brien show? No, no, no. He did The Tonight Show yeah. for like yeah, yeah. six months. Yeah, yeah. And then he got replaced with Jay Leno. And then he had Conan. Right, his yeah, own yeah. show. Yeah, like Conan okay. took over Jay Leno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for like six months, okay. and then he like left or got fired or I yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the very end of the thing, he goes, he's like his ending monologue of like this was like his dream, like coming true, like hosting the Tonight Show, and he said, "I, I, I this I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly. I should need to remember exactly what this is because I quoted a bunch, but I'm probably misquoting. Uh, he says, work hard." be nice to people and like good things will happen. Yeah. And that's, I've, I've taken that with me like always, you know what I mean? I just think that that, that's a thing that is a true and then B just like yields success, but like an enjoyable life. Like I like working hard. I like putting in effort. I like trying to figure out like how to do things and doing them. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy, I enjoy when people are nice to me. So I want to do the same. So mm-hmm. I enjoy being nice because I know what it's like on the receiving end. Yeah. Um, and then implement those two things and like good things will happen. I, I love that. I, I, I wish there was a more specific do this thing for your art. You know what I mean? But yeah. like it, I, I guess the other, well, yeah, but that's like advice. Like I have other like thoughts on like lessons on what one can do, but those were words that I think I've always, at least the, the not the words because I clearly forget them. But the meaning, <laughs> the meaning behind them. Yeah. Um, Shadow Conan. Yeah. yeah. The you full know. ethos. We should just have this printed on a banner for you or like a nice yeah. little poster of <laughs> his face. Or maybe. Yeah. With a giant like orange hair too. 100%. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Those kind of words, they kind of just like bleed down into everything that you do. So it could be advice about how you shoot or like how you interact with like, you know, in your situation celebrities. But, you know, being nice and, and working hard, I think no matter what you do, those are always like just kind of come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I mean, I, I mean that, that piece of advice more applied to like client work. Cause I wasn't, I mean, I was obviously directing, you know, it's like on a, on a shoot with like, like Katy Perry or pink or whatever. It's like, yes, I'm directing her, but I'm working with 50 other people that surround her. Yeah. And so it's like, it's the niceness to like all of the other right. people involved. Like, obviously you're going to be nice to the main star. Right. Um, but yeah, but even just doing like client editing work where it's like being nice to the client or, or whoever sure. agency is like, it goes a long way. And, yeah. and, and, you know, they call you back because it's like you were good to work with. I call people back because they're good to work with because not because like they're overly friendly, but they're just like good, nice people. You know For what sure. I mean? I've definitely not called people back because they have attitudes. Like I don't, yeah. you know, we're not, it's like this. Are, this, are, are we nice? You guys are very, well, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Obviously, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here if Jasper was rude. <laughs> so yeah, of course. It was okay, I just want to check. I was check. Sure. Because dude, that's your mantra. I just want to make sure that you know we're good. Yeah. We're, I'm, we're if, good, right? If I'm, I'm, we're all right. <laughs> if I'm actively hanging out with you, I consider you nice. Okay, thank yeah. you. I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. I drove from Santa Monica here. Yeah, so that yeah, is true. That yeah. means something. That's essentially LA traffic. Yeah, it's the same distance basically. So yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing everything. Tell the listeners, tell the viewers what you have in store. What's next? What can they expect from you um, besides from what you're already doing? Well, all the award shows are on hold because of the strike. So there's no new glam bots. Actually, there are new glam bots. They're just ones that I haven't edited yet. So there's new stuff coming out. But like, this is always a tricky question for me as a director because I'm developing projects that I can't talk about. Mm. You know what I mean? And so nothing is on like the precipice of coming out. It's all sort of like further development stuff. I see. Um, but 
yeah, I'm always making content. There's always things I make it. Actually, you know what? Is uh, this the NDA talking? Yes, this is the NDA. <laughs> okay, Just say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm under NDA for everything. Okay. Um, there you have it. Sorry, actually, no, wait, there is there is something though. So we uh um I have had a coffee company that I started during the pandemic. Oh, yes. Uh called Cafe Colione. But we are currently rebranding and restructuring and relaunching this entire thing. So the new company is called Creo Coffee. Mm. Um, and the whole idea is that it's coffee for the creative mind. Mm. So this is the idea is like we're fueling people's creativity. So the person that wakes up in the morning, has a cup of coffee and like goes and does their creative pursuit. This is the community that I'm trying to build with this new coffee company. Mm. Um, so it's everybody from like writers, directors, photographers, anybody creators, chefs that are like making things where it's like you're having a coffee, thinking about what you're going to do or what you're going to create or making breakfast or whatever it is. Um, I, I want to curate this type of community and like bond over coffee. Yeah. So this is this is the new this is the new pursuit. Um, we don't have a firm date, but like working on doing new logos, new website right now. So it's right. like this is take, actually taking up most of my time. Um, so super excited about that to come. Amazing. Uh, a to like have a bunch of cool new coffee coming out, but to be just connect with people that are like minded in their creative pursuits. Um, over coffee, which I think is an easy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that that is a new thing that is coming. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're 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 coffee snobs. Yeah. So we are. if you need taste testers, <laughs> oh, <definitely>. we'll <laughs> yeah. take four bags each. Uh -huh. <laughs> easy. Yeah. Easy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You Got heard you. it. You heard it, guys. Four yeah. bags each. Yeah. yeah. Four bags. I was gonna say like I, I literally am a three cup a day type of guy right now. Yeah. Oh wow, okay. It's, yeah. it's kind of intense, but I remember mm -hmm. like when I went to go visit you and we got to go see your beautiful peninsula tank and stuff. You mm -hmm. were showing me some like kind of sample bags from Creole Coffee, and it just immediately triggered everything that you just said. That was just like, you know, Rosalind, we're doing this coffee club too, mm -hmm. and I'd love an opportunity to just be able to bring people together over coffee. So the fact that you're already doing that, oh, this makes a lot of opportunity sense. here. Yeah, <laughs> like, that'd that'd be nice, cool. That'd be a nice collab. Yeah, yeah definitely. I know. Although I kind of wish that there was like a brand that's just like Cole's Coffee and it's just your hair in a silhouette. I mean, you know? we, 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 we thought about it. We thought maybe there'll be a special, uh, a special bean, a special roast. Ooh. No, that's actually that. really genius. Like just a silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like Slash, you know, like, like that yeah. type of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is the identifiable thing. So we'll, we will see. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. That'll be a story. Yeah. We'll be like, I know that guy. Like to my kids, I'm like, that guy right there. I know that silhouette. <laughs> I know. I met him. Uh, now that we know what's uh, going on for you, we always end with the final bite. And the Ooh. final bite is something that we do at Roslyn that's incredibly decadent. It's designed to be punchy. It's designed to just kind of make you go, damn, I'm good for the night. So give me a bit. Love it. I'll be right back. This is the final bite and it is the most decadent. It's always the most like kind of crazy and there's a lot of show to it, but really it's just to showcase something that's beautiful and something that I love to eat. And I wanted to share this with you because I know you love a seafood. Sure do. We have a beautiful popo, a Spanish octopus. Yeah. It's been deep fried. We have a tum young lobster reduction. So we actually take the main lobster head and the head guts and render it down. We use a smoked cedar wood that we char and we actually stick it into the broth wow. along with charred lemongrass. Thai chilies and galangal to bring the base. The acidity comes from Meyer lemon as well as heirloom tomatoes. Ooh. So we've got a lot of different things going on. The texture, of course, you'll know. Uh, but please dig in first. Big fan of the Meyer lemons. Yes. Oh my God. It's hot. Uh -huh. oh wow. mm. That's good pulpo. With this, it's not even, it's not even like, about the sauce. The sauce is great, but 
the texture. You killed it on the texture. I'm obsessed with your Tom Young reduction. Like every time you say that, that's <laughs> gonna be a thing. I'm just, oh, I need to get at it. Thank you for sharing with us, like on the show. Like it's been so yeah. cool. No, this is awesome. This is the, definitely the environment that I like to be in. Good food, good people. Great conversation. So this is this is ideal. Pretty decent alcohol. Pretty decent alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, cheers. Cheers. cheers to that. With that said, Cole, thank you so much for being here, sharing your story, uh, inspiring our listeners and viewers. Um, there's a lot of people that are maybe on the fence about doing this and that, but I think this has probably pushed them off one side, the good side. Hopefully. So, so thank you and yeah. for being here too. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thank yes. you for sharing the delicious food. Great conversation. This was a pleasure. Um, I mean, you guys fed me. I will be back anytime. <laughs> if you guys want me to be back in this podcast, yes. I will be back. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you guys for watching. My name is David. And I'm Jasper. And I'm Heidi. And this is another episode of The Durian Pod. Until next time. See Peace. you soon. Peace. Oh, hey there. It's Jasper from the Durian Pot. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and comment. And check us out everywhere that podcasts are available. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, you name it. And we'll see you soon.